Welcome to today's episode of Project Redemption, real life stories, redeemed, restored, retold. I'm your host, Athena Dean Holtz, and thanks for hanging out with us today. Well, we are back in the podcast studio this week, back from two episodes on the road, one at National Religious Broadcasters and the other at the Blue Ridge Mountain Christian Writers Conference. So I am super excited today to be back with you with a new Redemption Press author, Jonna Hensley. So Jonna, welcome to the podcast. Oh, thank you so much. I'm excited to be here. You bet. I am excited to just have our listeners be encouraged by your story, uh, your new book, Reckless Yes, Exchanging Worldly Ease for God's Eternal Adventure. And I love that adventure element. That's the way we need to look at all the stuff that God allows into our lives, whether it's like Woohoo! Thanks, God. This is going to be fun. Or really, God, do I have to walk through this? It's all his eternal adventure. And I love that. Oh, thank you. Yeah, the subtitle there is a mouthful, but it has so much meaning and meat in there. And I'm with you. I'm trying to exchange this temporal world for an, an adventure to last a lifetime. So. Mm, amen. Well, I want to start so that our listening audience can just get a little glimpse into your life. How is it that God got a hold of you and just really that major defining moment in your life where he really became Lord and not just Savior? Right. Tell us a little bit what that looked like. Yeah. So um, I had grown up in the church and everything, um, you know many, many church services and BBSs and all of those things. And I knew God, but I didn't know God until mm. <laughs> um, when I was 24 and I was just married and pregnant with my first son, um, we received a diagnosis during my preg pregnancy that my son would have a neural tube defect, that he was going to be born with spina bifida and you know, I'm just this young first time mom and just trying to learn and process all of these things. And when my son was born, he obviously went straight to a NICU, a neonatal ICU for treatment. And it, to, to make a very long story short, he ended up being in that NICU for 210 days. Wow. And we just, it was a roller coaster as NICUs are, but there was a defining moment two months into that NICU stay when he was just very, very sick. And we were given this, you know, we don't know what's wrong with him. We're going to perform a surgery on him and we're going to give you a 50, 50 chance mm -hmm. that we can save him. And although for two months, you know, I'd been praying and asking prayer warriors to pray and those kinds of things, my faith was really just down in the dumps until that night. Uh, in October 2007, and uh, it was really that night that I just went all in. I, I had nothing else. There were there was no other choice. Where else could I go right. uh, except to my knees? And that's what we did. Um, and it was kind of that defining moment for me that I just gave it all to him, <laughs> uh, palms up, and praise God. You know, he did save his life. And um, 
since then, you know, has obviously he's endured many, many um, health challenges, but God has been faithful. And the gift that came out of that was my whole perspective of life, the sanctity of life, um, all of that just I don't want to say it changed because I already kind of knew, but it solidified it and made it real to me. It um, really just the gift that restoration will come in eternity was just so solid in my mind uh, after that experience. And so I just sort of operate from that mindset now. And um, anyway, now my son's 15 and and every day is still a roller coaster ride uh, as with all teens, but also uh, with him and his health challenges so um, that it, that was my greatest and, and biggest turning point. Uh, mm. Yeah, And I love that because you had two choices. You could kind of get bitter at God and, you know, uh, kind of turn away from him. Or you could just completely surrender and say, okay, I, I'm going to trust you in this. Yeah. Even though yeah. it doesn't look good. And yeah. Wow. Just to be able to do that with a situation that could, you know, if we harden our hearts enough and that's something we do, we harden our own hearts, you know, you could kind of go, well, I, I don't, I didn't sign up for this. I don't yeah. want this kind of a struggle of being a mom of a special needs child. If that's, I mean, that's yeah. probably the wrong term, yeah. but uh, high high maintenance, well, a lot of ups and downs yeah. and pain and, you know, joys and pain, all that. Yeah. And it would be so easy to just harden your heart. But instead, you know, obviously God was drawn. He was giving you this great opportunity to just trust him with everything. I mean, he wasn't up in heaven going, oh, well, I did not see that coming. Right, no, right. No, yeah. it. Yep. Certainly. Yeah. And, and, you know, I had to grieve what I had planned, like my plan yes. was this. And so there was that, and I still do grieve to some, some degree, but you're right. It was, okay, God, this is your child. You created him and you, you apparently assigned me to advocate for him and help steward his life here, you know? And so I just, kind of had to just trust in that and believe that God is sovereign and he doesn't make mistakes and he, we could rely on him to get through. And, and here we are all these years later, still doing that just one day at a time. <laughs> and I just love that because, you know, people are watching and they're seeing you just surrender and love it, your son and advocate for him and all the things that you're doing that, the world would just rather discard that life rather yep. than valuing it. Um, wow. What a, what a testimony. I like to say that, you know, I mean, it is difficult. It isn't easy and it's not always fun, but just because something's hard doesn't mean that you shouldn't do it. It just means that it's hard. And um, yeah. So <laughs> it, the, the beauty and the lessons that come out of the hard are so much more beautiful and more valuable because we've walked this difficult road. And so, so there is, there is beauty in it. Uh, and so we just try to hang on to that and you're right, trade the bitterness. Cause I could have sat there and probably many people do um, just angry and bitter at God, but, 
but like I said, I had nowhere else to go. Where else would we go, Lord? And so I just decided to just latch on (laughs) to him and believe he is sovereign and trust him. Absolutely. And I'll tell you, the one thing that you said um, a few minutes ago about grieving what you had hoped for his life. And, you know, I don't know, as Christians, we don't do grieving very well. We're kind of, you know, people just feel awkward, I think. And so they just say, well, you know, just move on and pray more and have more faith and just say things that are just not helpful at all when (laughs) you have all this hurt pain inside you and loss and disappointment and you know, maybe sometimes it even feels like betrayal. Like God, why'd you betray me? Or I did everything, you know, I tried to do everything right. And then I have this struggle and for us to, it's so healthy for us to process through the grief and God's got big shoulders. You're not going to upset him (laughs) by saying, you know, this is really hard and I don't like this. Yep, you're right. He knows how we feel. He's not surprised by our feelings. And truthfully for me, as I grieved, you know, the life that I had planned and and all of that, it was preparing me to sit in the grief with my son when he's grieving. Yeah. And, you know, he's 15 now. So we've had many years together. And there are those moments where he is grieving. I don't like this body. I want to walk. I don't want to be in a wheelchair. I want to be with everybody else. Those are sad things. And that's okay. It's okay to feel sad. And so because I kind of walked through my own thing and uh, Mm. not healed, but I, I had the tools and strategies to go, yeah, this is terrible. Can I sit down here in this sorrow with you? I can't sit, but I'll be present with you. And I think we could all take that lesson and apply it to friends and family in our life when they're going through something. Uh, You know, Job was going through some things and his friends there for a few days just sat with him. And that's great. Like that's sometimes all we need is somebody to go, yeah, this is terrible. I'll I'll just sit here. And that is such a lesson that so many of us need to learn because when we don't know what to say or we feel awkward because we really don't understand why God allows, you know, hard things or whatever, wherever our faith is and our ability to trust God. If we're feeling awkward about that, then doing that, actually just being present and weeping with those who weep and, you know, rejoicing with those who rejoice and doing those things is not easy if we're struggling with it ourselves. Yeah. So I, I just love that when, when you're able to be a great example of being real, you're not being like, oh, praise God, you know, uh, no, if it's, if it's painful, you say, you acknowledge it right? Yep. and, and acknowledge that God is going to walk us through this. Yes. That's the one thing we can count on is he'll yep. be there and strengthen us. Certainly. Yep. For wow. sure. I love that. Okay. So we all have, and I mean, you got eight kids. So, and you've done the adoption and that, you know, you've given birth. So you've done all the things yeah. and you've got a house full. And I mean, we all have many Romans eight twenty eight moments in our lives when God takes something really hard. We just heard 
one in your life where God took something really hard and has worked good and brought good out of it. And I would just love for our listeners to hear uh, just whichever Romans 8.28 story where we'll see God's restoration in your life and bringing something really good out of something that didn't look so good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yes. So we do, we call ourselves the Hensley eight. We, we have six kids, but then the two of us, so we've got like the vanity. Got it. Like, okay. We're the whole, we're, we're the Hensley eight. And so, um, yeah, that moment for me, I just described, you know, that event in NICU and my son's life and all of that. But truthfully, the gift that I received from from that experience was my perspective. And um, because of that, that's how I can focus on the eternal. I'm looking so forward to eternity because I know deep down and I trust fully that that's when my son will be restored. And so because of that, if he hadn't have had an illness to be restored from, I don't think I would have made that connection. But thankfully, I did make that connection and God gifted me this unique perspective that a lot of people, especially first world problems, you know, we don't have that perspective. We're living in the now, the the temporal, we're not storing up for ourselves treasures in heaven. Mm. So that perspective of, look, I got to live for eternity because clearly this world's broken. I see it every day in my house, how it's broken. I'm just going to live for eternity and I'm going to store up treasures in heaven. And it was from that perspective and that mindset that we began to foster. We, we then adopted three times in two years. And so when I see my family, Hensley eight, right? The six kids. And I see the restoration of my three adopted kids who are all siblings. And I see the three of them um, together and in a family and being loved and, and able to, to just know what family is to not just be stuck in the system and, and, but yet to come into our home, which is chaotic already, but it's, you know, it's love and we're here and I can see that restoration. Um, and it wouldn't have happened if I hadn't had my eyes set on eternity, because mm. if my eyes were just stuck on the temporal, who would want to do that? That feels hard and busy and, oh, you're sorry, you know, you'd be so tired and all of those things. But my my eyes, I, my mindset was just completely different uh, because of Hayden and because of that struggle that I thought would break me. It actually was healing me. And getting me focused where it sh where I should be focused anyway, but <laughs> God wow. that to like prod me along. But <laughs> well, and that's powerful. What you just said, what should have broken you, healed you. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> and that's somebody needed to hear that today. Uh, that's listening to this podcast because that it really if, when God shows us that the struggle, that thing that could destroy our marriage, you know, that could just make us bitter, that could do all those things as he changes our perspective and gives us hope, even with that hard thing yep. and bringing just the sanctification and the conforming us into the image of his son and giving us that, that eternal perspective that 
then we're thankful for it. We're yeah. not like, uh, that's, most people that don't know Jesus have no idea how you could ever thank God for that kind of pain and that kind of situation. But yeah. you can, because look what it produced. Yeah, absolutely. Because when you give him those broken pieces, that that then he can rebuild it. And it's this like beautiful thing that he can create. And, and so that's what we chose to do. You know, we took a circumstance that we could have just been really bummed out about and done nothing and had one kid forever and that be that. Um, but we just chose to trust him. I just, my thing is just learning every single day, even now, all these years later, how sovereign God is and how he just orchestrates all these different pieces and things that I don't even, I can't even fathom to consider and think about. And he's just behind the scenes orchestrating this beautiful tapestry Hmm. that I couldn't even imagine. And, and, and I just have to trust him in it. I just have to trust him in it. Yeah. And he is trustworthy. That's the thing. You know, you look back and you go, wow, God, Look at what you did. Yep. Okay. So let's wrap up our time together with a a few minutes about your new book, Reckless Yes, Exchanging Mm -hmm. Worldly Ease for God's Eternal Adventure. Just tell us a little (laughs) bit about the book, what you're hoping readers will walk away with and just kind of what, even how the idea of writing this? Did you have people tell you, you need to write this story or how did that happen? Yeah. Well, for many years I uh, was blogging about Hayden and that's my oldest son and his health and those kinds of things. So writing sort of just developed out of necessity of keeping people and family updated. Um, And then, yeah, people began to say, you should write a book, you should write a book. And, and so it had been in my mind, it had been a dream for many, many years. Um, and finally, the time came in 2022 that I just really sat down and was like, I think our story is ready to be told. You know, we'd, we've got our three bio sons and then we'd gone and done the three adoptions and our, our family was done growing. We were complete. And it felt like the next thing that God was calling me to was to share our story and to um, use it to encourage others. And so that's what we did. And um, it's a unique, I feel like it's a unique story or, or format in that. I, it's a it's a memoir. However, I've got alternating chapters that are biblical teaching chapters, so it okay. feels like kind of like a hybrid Bible study and a memoir. And um, those biblical chapters line up with what was going on in my life at the time, right? And so, you know, uh, like we've got a chapter about Daniel just living just today, and he's going to pray and just make it through, through today, and. That lines up with um, our NICU chapter of like, oh my goodness, we're here for 210 days. How are we going to do this? And so it just kind of flows through that that way. Um, and we talk, you know, a, a lot about foster care and our adoption cases and that sort of thing. And um, yeah, so it's it's been my life's dream, and it's finally complete, and it's uh, coming out soon. And we're just ready to get it out into the world and see if we can encourage some people and tell a fun, unique story at the same time. Mm, I love that. I love having the parallel Bible stories to kind of illustrate and and um, just kind of the God's little exclamation mark at yeah. the end of what, you know, how it lines up with what yeah. you were going so through. And- this character that was being revealed to me in that moment of my life. So, mm. yeah. 
I love that. I love that. Well, it's going to be exciting to see what God does with your story and how it encourages others and opens doors for you. So thank you so much for spending some time with us today. We'll have all of the information down in the show notes for those listening or watching today. But God bless you and your ministry and uh, just all your work to encourage others with um, just the lives that God wants them to pour into. I mean, you've been a great example of pouring into the lives of your three bio kids your, and your three adopted. Yep. Um, so just what a great example you are. It's yes. just so encouraging to have a voice yep. like yours that can, even in the midst of the hard, have that perspective change and, and watch God be faithful. Thank you. Thanks so much. I've enjoyed our time. Yes. Thank you so much for being with us today. All right. Well, thanks for joining us today on the Project Redemption podcast, where we hear real life stories redeemed, restored, retold. Brought to you by Redemption Press and Romans 828 Books and Gifts. We'd love to have you review and follow this podcast, share it with friends and family, and help us get the word out on your preferred digital platform. So again, thanks for joining me today, and I'll look forward to being with you again next week for another episode of Project Redemption, Real Life Stories, Redeemed, Restored, Retold.